Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Hey, this is Doug from the Marketing Tech Blog, and we have another incredible interview to bring your way. We have on the line with us Scott Monty. Scott, hello, sir. Hi, Doug. How are you? I am doing fantastic. And and Scott, are, are you tired of people just saying, so from the Ford fame, you know, that, that you were the social media um, guru at Ford Motor Company? No, I can never get tired of that. I'll tell you <laughs> why. Um, not because I, I feel so closely identified with it, but simply because it was a great honor to serve uh, an American and, and global icon like Ford Motor Company for uh, such a long period of time, relatively speaking, in the digital space. And uh, it was just a great honor to be trusted with uh, the online reputation of the company and to associate with so many amazing people while I was there. Yeah, that's, and I, I loved the fact that um, they put you out there because large, large corporations um, a lot of the times are a little bit scared of putting people in front of their brand. And they, 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 you know, it's almost a threatened, you know, kind of positioning that, you know, what if he leaves? What if this? What if that? What if he screws up? What if? And um, so I thought it was I thought it was just incredible seeing a company, you know, kind of take that dive and take that risk and, and let you go at it. Well, it was great because I think everyone across the board at Ford uh, at, at a certain level understood that um, they had a, a duty to the company and we were all very much aligned in terms of uh, the way we spoke, uh, the corporate tone, uh, what we talked about, what we didn't talk about. Uh, so there was just a, a great meeting of the minds and if, if there was anyone that kind of went off the reservation uh, at all, it, it wouldn't matter whether it was online or in person or whatever, uh, you know you'd have to answer to someone there. So I think we all took uh, great pains to help protect and build the reputation of the company that we were tasked with doing it for. That's awesome. I, I love that attitude. I, I totally agree. Um, I don't think there's anything different nowadays, right? If you're on Instagram and you're in your company uniform and you say something stupid, right. uh, chances are you're going to get fired too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If it doesn't matter where it happens, you're still a representative. Yeah, absolutely. If people tie the brand to the person, then, yep. then you've got that responsibility on you. Completely. Awesome. Well, well, you've got some big, big, big news that you announced, and I wanted to, um, you know, I immediately saw the note and said, oh, i got to get him on the podcast and talk about this. But um, you're starting your own consulting business now. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I thought <laughs> yeah. I thought it was that I'm off carbs. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing, too. <laughs> you know, um, I, I thought about this for a long time, and it, it just hadn't struck me at the, the right moment before. Um, I thought, you know, I should take the knowledge that I've gained by virtue of being at a, a company like Ford, both the digital and the corporate knowledge, and put it to use in some way. And years ago, I thought of creating some kind of super consultancy of all these former heads of social media from big brands. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I was in Chicago uh, just last week, and I had drinks and dinner with the former head of social from McDonald's and Target. And we're just kind of looking around the table and we're like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, we could, fantastic. we could, we could, uh, hop in our car, go to the store and then, and then go to the drive-thru on the way home. And that, that would, you know, kind of sum up our, 
a collective experience. Um, but as time went on, I kind of moved away from that because that was kind of an all uh, a, a top heavy uh, kind of approach to consulting where you'd have all of these thought leaders uh, with no or, or very few um, people to actually execute on it. And when I left Ford about a year ago, I was thinking about it, but I don't think I was ready for it at the time because I had been in the confines of a corporate enterprise for so long, I didn't feel comfortable just stepping out on my own. And one of the things that I enjoyed while I was there was the ability to be entrepreneurial with the, with the safety net of a big company. And I did end up going to Shift Communications, and I was remotely located um, in Detroit, we shift had offices in Boston and New York and San Francisco. So a lot of the times I actually felt fairly entrepreneurial, you know, kind of out there on my own, doing my own thing. Uh, I was there to help support other teams um, and to support new business initiatives, but largely I was on my own. And it got me to thinking again about what if I started my own shop? And I talked to my CEO about it, Todd Defren, who is just a an ubermensch, if there ever was one. I mean, he is just, he, he looks out for his employees. He does the right thing. He's just a superb human being. And uh, I broached the subject with him and he said, dude, do it. You got to do it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. And it wasn't like, because he was looking to shoot me out. You know, it was just like, no, of course. That's what you should have done in the first place. No, I, kind of thing, you know. I, I had the same similar experience. I was working for uh, Chris Baggett of Exact Target fame, and yeah. um, and and I was working for him with Compendium. We helped start that company, and then it sold to Oracle. Okay. And and we we were running the same thing. I I kept saying, "Oh, Chris, you know, I'm so frustrated. All these clients keep calling us, asking us how this fits into their overall." you know, strategy and uh, whether they can do omni-channel and how they could repurpose content and everything else. And, and I said, we, uh, and we searched, we searched for agencies around the country that were really focused on the, you know, that balance, you know, mm -hmm. getting, dialing in all of the pieces and we just couldn't find one. And I, sure. I said to him, you know, what if I started that agency? And his first words were do it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I love guys like that because yeah. they, they, they realize that, um, you know, I, I think I heard someone say it, and it, it sounds negative, but it's really not. But, you know, you're either helping someone else build their dream or you're building your own dream. That's and, a great point. Yeah, and and that's Chris as a serial entrepreneur. He wants to see as many people follow their dream as possible. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, you know, forever thankful for him for uh, pushing me out the door if, the, if that's what it was. I yeah. Don't, I don't yeah. know. And sometimes you, you you do need that uh, that mother bird to kind of do that to you. Um, you know, you can always make an excuse why not to do something. There's there's always going to be a reason why it's not perfect. And you know what? Life isn't perfect. You know, if you if you wait around for everything to simply align, you're never going to get anything done. I, I've I've had this debate with uh, a colleague in in the kind of a hobbyist space that I work in. Uh, he wants everything to be absolutely buttoned up before a site goes live. And I'm like, 
get it 90% there, get it out there, let people respond to it, and then tweak it along the way. Absolutely. It, it's not baked in, in, it's not set in stone, you know? I think I'm the poster child for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I had watched a uh, I had watched a video uh, yesterday, and I was I was it was one of those um, uh, graduation ceremonies, and and the the guy that was speaking, you know, was talking about it for a long time, but I I summed it up, I put it out on Instagram and Facebook today, um, which if you're listening to this podcast would have been last week sometime, but you know I, I'd rather try and fail fail at something that I love every day than. Mm really fail at things that I hate doing that's a great point you know and and yeah. that's that's exactly it is Jen Jen yeah. is my business partner at DK New Media and we get flustered and frustrated and 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 you know sometimes clients drive us crazy and everything else and then we look at each other and we go yeah but we're still waking up kind of doing what we love we <laughs> you know this yeah. is this is a pretty good gig yeah count your blessings right well, what are you what are you going to be doing for these companies, Scott? I I, I mean, I, with with that kind of experience behind you, um, establishing you know uh, social you know within the fabric of a corporation, it seems like there's there's a lot more companies out there that need that help. Yeah, well, the short answer is I'll do whatever they want me to do. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, it's going to range. Um, you know, I think for brands. Where I could be the most useful is uh, helping with social business transformation. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, social media and how it can go beyond just communications and marketing and even beyond customer service and and how it can extend into uh, how you actually bring your products to market, how you um, build new business processes, et cetera. Um, and that involves things like uh, IT and legal and HR and, and putting a digital transformation together. Uh, that's something that we were well underway with at, uh, at Ford. And again, it's not one of these things that's ever done. Uh, it's never complete. It's always a work in progress. But I think uh, having worked at the global level, I have some pretty good insights as to how to make that happen at uh, at businesses, um, obviously, I'm available to uh, consult and um, uh, kind of kick the tires on uh, social strategies and uh, major campaigns and whatnot. Um, but on the uh, on the agency side, because I'm extending my consulting services to agencies as well, uh, helping them uh, understand what a big corporation is looking for, what kind of agency support is necessary, what ideas are the most valuable, uh, what seems more reasonable from a corporate perspective, uh, than not. And, um, you know, just trying to assume some kind of, uh, senior advisory role at multiple agencies to help them with new business and with project work, et cetera. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I, I, I love that approach. Um, we we were you know when I first started especially on the SEO side and and helping people with conversion optimization you know it's funny because I went out there to all the agencies so that's who I went after first mm. and I said man I would love to help your clients you know and and they were all threatened and then they all added conversion and SEO optimization to their titles. <laughs> nice. 
and and could they actually do it though? <laughs> no, no, yeah, of course no, not. But six years later, and it, it's it's kind of an agency thing, you know. There, there's there's I think there's kind of two separate agency models out there. There's the, the one that is um, own the client, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have to own the assets and the re, and the, the responsibility, and you have to have them ask you for everything, and 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 it's it's a business model that works, you know. If you can be beholden to an agency and you love that agency, um, I'm not going to knock it, you know. But then there's this sure. other one that's a little bit more. Um, hey, we need someone to come soup us up. You know, we I always talk about the Jiffy Lube versus the race car mechanic. You know, mm, and, I like um, that. Yeah, and so you know, if you want a Jiffy Lube, then go go to one of those places, and they'll maintain your car for you, and they'll check the dials and everything else. But if you've got a race that you got to win, you got to go see a race car mechanic. Yeah, and, and you've got to get someone to get under the hood, and you might not have them forever. You know, but mm-hmm. but you've got to get them to help you get where they need to be. And I love the fact that six years later, fast forward, um, and I'm I'm talking a lot about myself, but I, it's because I'm excited for you. Is now we work with a lot of agencies, and mm. now they've opened their arms to us and see that we're not a threat. We're not trying to be the agency of record. We're not trying to steal their clients. We're not trying to do anything like that. We truly do want to make, you know, make it a concerted effort that their their clients happy yeah yeah well and and the way i'm kind of drawing the line differentiating myself from agencies um because i i am a consultant not an agency um i don't plan to do any of the execution work you know i'm the big ideas guy i'm the strategy guy i'm the guy who kind of uh, acts as the guardrails to help keep you where you need to go um, I'm the reality check. That's awesome. Everybody needs a good coach, right? Sure, sure. And and you know an- another aspect of the business too is uh, working with executives on uh, digital and social, uh, both to help them understand the value of it, uh, to speak the same language as them. Uh, I'll never forget the time I was uh, seated next to the CFO of Ford Motor Company in a big executive level presentation about the state of social, uh, industry-wide as well as specific to Ford. And one of the things, and he was always the most skeptical, didn't see the reason we needed to do this, saw it as a huge productivity suck in terms of employees. Um, And with a single tweet, I changed his mind. At the beginning of the presentation, we asked people what the minimum MPG was that they wanted to see out of the next car that they would buy. And we gave the presentation. 20 minutes later, we went back into Twitter, and there were scores of responses. Uh, everything from, uh, don't matter what the MPG is, as long as it's got a V8 engine. <laughs> <laughs> All the way up to you know 300 miles per gallon uh, from the electric car aficionados. But most of the answers were in the 30s and 40s miles per gallon range. And as he looked over the breadth of responses, the CFO pushed back from the table and took his glasses off and put them up on his forehead and in his very heavy British accent said, Do you know, if I could get insights like this every day, I would find it invaluable. <laughs> and that's where I just felt like doing the Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, you've been great. Good night, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's another I know, right? People, people don't know that you do uh, voiceovers, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not looking to make a living there, at least not yet. I'm not that brave.
Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. You know, the thing with Twitter, um, one is, you know, uh, you had written just, just recently, you know, how, how um, you know, Twitter CEO had gotten uh, the boot and um, and Jack Dorsey is back in, or, or no, uh, who is it, is back in? Yeah, is it, uh, well, Jack off to the executive suite with Dick out. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> As it. the Jack, guy's gawker that was, put it. That was the one. <laughs> yeah, it is Jack. And and uh, and you, you know, there. The, I I my feeling is is that they just have too much spam on Twitter, and and it's and it's uh, they're so so ingrained, and it might be an investment thing that bigger numbers bigger numbers bigger volumes bigger yeah. volumes that they, they they that they really are knocking down the quality of the the tool like i you know my my crazy stupid idea is make people pay for the api and 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 so that i even if i had a bot that was pushing to twitter make me pay for it and that that way i would rethink about the value of the information that i was just pushing there nonstop. sure and uh and because because that's why I watch people that don't pay as much attention. They say, "Well, it's spam all day, and it's this all day, and it's everything else." But on the other side, when you filter through the noise, the information is absolutely incredible, and it's real time. There's a yeah. there's a company in um, in Indianapolis that I got to meet, and they're these you know brilliant uh, scientists. And they built a flu prediction model based on Twitter. That's fantastic. And literally geographically showed yeah. how the flu is growing real time throughout the country. And they're able to do it literally off of big data engines that were, you know, sucking the information and filtering it very carefully out of Twitter. And, uh, you know, that just blows your mind that, you know, you could be on the front edge of you know that news and you're if your if your company was reacting in time um you know you could just do a ton of work there that that's absolutely true and, and i think that that really gets to the notion that twitter is twitter is more than what it seems you know facebook i mean you you open it up and that's your news feed and yeah, there are ways to play around with it so you get to see the people you want to see in your newsfeed. But f by and large, Facebook works when you open it up. Yeah. Twi Twitter, you have to make it work for you. And it's only the power users. It's only the people that have been at it for a long time that really understand how to get the most out of Twitter. And, and that's a problem because Twitter has catered to the, let's call them the 1%. Um, of, of the, the forward-thinking technology, early adopters, you know, the, the real geeks. It's not a mainstream uh, kind, of, uh, kind of platform. It, it's, it's a broadcast platform, certainly, as with your, your flu data example and as with news and information that comes flowing through it. But the reason that broadcast works the way that it does is because there are more observers than there are creators of content. Yes. And, and if you're looking to get more people on board 
like with Facebook, you're not going to do it by virtue of putting a gun to their head and forcing them to create content. They want to consume it, but they want to consume it in a smart way that's going to work for them. Absolutely. I, I, I just, you know, I, I just posted the other day, someone had posted a email versus social and, and I just wanted to rip my hair out and, um, you know, jump off a building and it's hmm. and it's because it's such a dynamically different medium, you know, that email is, I already have your permission and you've asked, you know, and you've basically said, Hey, I'm giving you permission to, to notify me in my inbox on your schedule, you know, when you have things going on and that's great. It's a nice one-to-one and, and there's probably no reply, right? No response on a newsletter or something like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in social media, when I publish something on social media, it's not just my you know, my followers, and I'm not going to put a count to that, but it's, you know, whether you have a hundred followers or whether you have a hundred thousand, it's their followers and their followers, followers and their followers, followers, followers. Right. Right. (laughs) And, and the way that it can filter and echo and repeat itself. And we, it's ironic that I'm talking to you, but we, we just had a post from well over a year ago, go viral again. And it was on a, it was on GM has a customer surveys you know, when you go in and you get serviced, you know, for your vehicle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is well over a year old. And in the last, um, in the last week, we've had over 10,000 people wow. uh, visit that post again. That was not from email. That was because someone out there mm-hmm. of influence, and I haven't tracked it down yet, but someone of influence shared this article right? and started the entire viral component all over again. And um, and that's just an awareness and an opportunity that you just don't get with any other medium. You know, nobody right. nobody runs home and says, "Oh my God, you've got to see the billboard on I sixty five that they just put up." <laughs> <laughs> very rarely, very rarely. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. Good, I saw, good point. I, and, and I didn't see it in person, but it was in the uh, Greater Chicago area, and it must have been about ten years ago. I read an article in. Mm, must have been advertising age. The McDonald's did a creative billboard where um, it was a red background, as you know, the, the McDonald's red. Yeah. Sticking out perpendicularly from uh, the billboard was a long pole with the iconic golden arches on the end. Yeah. And then scattered across the uh, the red background on the billboard were. Uh, different McDonald's food. So on the far left toward the bottom, there was an Egg McMuffin and then a cup of coffee and then a burger as you go farther up. And as you get up like toward the top, there's, uh, you know, additional foods. What it was, was a very strategically placed billboard that used the McDonald's logo as a sundial. (laughs) And as the sun hit it at the, the appropriate time of day, the golden arches would be on the appropriate food. That's just fantastic. Now that's a billboard we're talking about, right? right? Absolutely. But no, not most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm totally distracted now thinking about McDonald's. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. Uh, I, 
both sides of the wall on this as well, but I feel like everything that an organization does nowadays because of social media and because of the opportunity for it to get out and the word to get out, every, every organization is social from the top down, whether it's their customer service department that answers the call or whether it's their engineer that's fixing the bug or, or, or anybody in between, um, there's a social aspect uh, to an organization or could be a social aspect to an organization. And, and so that alignment and understanding the rules and you know the processes and what you want to achieve with that is not just within the realm of sales and marketing as it has been you know for so long and I've I've heard some people say well this is why we need uh, you know we need marketing to be in charge of everything and I and I cringe when I hear that as well because I think marketers are awesome at crafting the story and and building the strategy to pull people in but I still think that there's people like customer service representatives that that they they absolutely understand how to speak to a customer far better than um, you know a designer sitting behind a Mac or um, or a salesperson listening to you know all the negatives about a brand you know yeah. and they're still able to talk someone into um, uh, trying out the purchase those are things that marketers typically don't have to deal with that other people in the organization do um, but is it is it now the you know, is there a chief social officer or is it the CEO's responsibility? I mean, where do you think that that kind of relationship uh, and responsibility lies within the organization? That's a good question. Um, oh boy, it, it, social. Here's the problem with social. It, it's it's everybody's responsibility. Like you said, it, it, there are aspects of it in marketing, in communications in customer service, in, in HR, uh, certainly in, in uh, IT from an infrastructure perspective, uh, product development. I mean, you could go on and on and on. But there's been great reluctance to necessarily put together a structured center of excellence in many places, a, a true head of social. Um, and the problem with that is when it's everyone's responsibility, it's no one's responsibility. <laughs> right. That there is no strategic lead. There is no person that's owning the direction. Everyone is kind of left to their own devices. And that's dangerous because that means you've got a discombobulated uh, and, and a disjointed approach. And what's most important with any customer experience, and I'm going beyond the realm of digital and social here, with any customer experience, if you want to build trust, you need to do things consistently and repeatedly over time. And without that coordination at some central level, there will be no consistency. And a customer is potentially left to the devices of whomever happens to be on duty at the time or whoever happens to have a knack for this kind of thing. Um, that if there's no central training, if there's no central documentation, if there's no central governance, then you're going to be, uh, you're going to leave your customers with a less than ideal customer experience. So from a cultural perspective, I think it absolutely has to come from the top down. It has to be made an imperative by some executive that has oversight for these groups, whether it's the COO or the CEO uh, the CMO, if he or she happens to be in the position to oversee 
you know, a number of these groups, but there has to be someone in a position of authority who leads the culture and leads the charge for this. Ah, love it. I couldn't have said it better. I think that's a, it's a standing charge and hopefully that's what you're going to be doing with your organization. I would love to. Yep. So uh, if people want to let me do that, then please reach out. Um, I would I would love to uh, kind of sink my teeth into your big juicy problems. Yeah, fantastic. And how do people get a hold of you, Scott? Uh, easiest way is uh, through my website, scottmonte.com. Um, and I am Scott Monty on any social network you can shake a stick at, basically. Yeah. And make sure you follow Scott, too. He, he is constantly putting out material, in, and I especially like um, your newsletter and your posts on This Week Thank in you. Digital. Um, Thank you. I, it's, it's, I, use a, I use a service called Unroll. Uh, I think that's what it's called, Unroll Me. Um, but it's basically a, a collapsible email where I have all of my subscriptions that come in one giant email. Oh, love it. And um, it is cool, except that I don't put yours in there. <laughs> yours, oh. yours is on its own. I have wow. to see when yours is coming through. So, um, but yeah, always, always great. Um, I, I think you keep on top of the news and on top of, on top of strategically what's happening across the across the uh, the sphere. Well, uh, and, and I really appreciate that. Well, so let me ask you this, Doug, because I've been toying with this idea over the last few months. Would you be willing to pay some kind of nominal fee if I uh, put together a a gated version? So, in other words, if on my website I had a a bare bones version of that newsletter, and then to you, uh, you know, as a, as a paid subscriber, I would give you the full uh, the full Monty. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I would, now you got your brand. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to be careful there. Yeah. Um, but I would give you the, the, the full analysis and the full set of links. Would you find that of value? Yeah, I, I would. I mean, I tend to pay for content quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I, of course, I come from old newspaper world. Um, oh, of course, you know, yeah. so, so I, I do put a value on that. Um, and there's uh, a ton that I already do. I especially like micropayments. Um, you know, so I, if, if it was, if it was something like, you know, um, let's say it was something like, you know, $200 a month, I would probably expect, you know, some kind of session behind that or some one-to-one or whatever. But mm-hmm. if it was the opposite direction that it was, Hey, it's, you know, five bucks a month or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, those are the types of things that, that, that I, I'm totally addicted to. Great. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've we've toyed with that idea as well. You know, we've toyed. Um, the The interesting thing with us is that we we have a mix of, you know, we have advertising revenue on the site, mm-hmm. so so those people are always interested in high numbers, and it's funny because we right. almost we almost push them away because we just don't want to go after those huge yeah. numbers. I'd yeah. much rather. I mean, I could go buy lists and I could go buy followers and I could go do everything that I need to do uh, to look like I was 10 times the company that I want. But sure. what I really want is that when someone does take a risk and sponsor me or, or, or do something like that, I want them to get a return on investment. And, um, and so I like the idea of, Hey, you know what, maybe someday we'll put together a, you know, the, maybe it's a daily email and it's a, you know, it's a, 
buck a month or something like yeah, that. Or, yeah. And then we have a weekly wrap up or something. You just have to wait for it, you know, right, or right. something like that. Um, but I like the idea of, of, of that whole micropayment, you know, industry that's popping up for content. We've got people doing it with songs and, and video. Now, now we need to get them to do it with great content, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Scott, I can't thank you enough for taking some time with us today. Um, this is fantastic. And again, congratulations. You're a, a, an incredible thought leader in the industry. Definitely up oh, at the top. You. And and uh, have always appreciated talking to you and met you, I think, once at Blog World Expo. And uh, thoroughly Yeah, you enjoyed. and me and Cloris Leachman, right? That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I've lost weight since Cloris, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'd be happy for me. <laughs> I know she was after you. This she was very concerned about you. Uh, it's it's incredible. I I it's it you know when you're as big as I am, everybody says something. But I you know I don't need the reminders. I when I wake up and I have to do that first sit up, it's. <laughs> I know. You know it's funny. I have a book from years ago. It was uh it was at the first pod camp. Um, guy by the name of David Meister, who I think was a professor at uh, Harvard. He wrote a book called Strategy and the Fat Smoker. And the idea was that strategy is hard. And it really takes an effort to, uh, to put a strategy together. And like if you're overweight or if you smoke, you know it's not good for you to keep letting things go. But it's really hard to sit down and do what you're supposed to do. It absolutely is. Strategy is the same way. I joke. I'm just waiting for the three thousand calorie a day keyboard, and then I'll, you know, I'll look <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I'll look as good as you do. <laughs> there you go. Well, Scott, well, just keep keep pressing those keys really hard. Yeah, Doug. that's exactly it. All right, sir. Hey, thank you so much again for spending the time with us today. Uh, everybody, uh, ScottMonty.com. Follow him on Twitter, Scott Monty. Find him on Facebook. Uh, just, just an incredible resource. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, sir. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.